This is episode seven with artist Crypto Yuna. As soon as someone or it felt like someone was saying, no, you can't, we kind of were like, watch me, watch me. I'm going to do this. Yes, I can. Hello, crypto art world, and welcome to the Outer Realm, a second realm studio podcast. I'm your host, Eric Paul Rhodes, a former experienced designer turned crypto artist. And each week we'll talk to artists and professionals in the crypto art space. Thank you for spending time with me today, and now let the show begin. My guest today is Crypto Yuna. We talk about everything from growing up and traveling the world to being a mom during the pandemic and her preference for K-drama over crypto art drama. Hello, Crypto Yuna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am really good. Um, so much to talk about. You know, you're a trash art OG. <laughs> Before we get into trash art, I want to learn about five or eight-year-old Yuna. Was she into art? <laughs> sort of, you know, yes. what was your, yeah, tell me about it. What did you do when you were growing yeah. up? Um, I have a crazy childhood. I feel like when I tell people this, they just look at me like, are you serious? But I grew up um, traveling like I think I was probably in 11 schools, different schools by the time I was, I don't know, 10. It, we just moved all the time. But my family's always been artists. Um, going back to even my great grandmother, I recently acquired a painting of hers. Um, I knew that she painted porcelain, but she was also an oil painter. And uh, we saw it online and contacted the dealer and was able to get that painting from them. And then my dad is a musician and also was into art, did billboards, um, did uh, pinstriping, all of that. And then my parents were, uh, my mom's always painted and we would they would do craft shows too as a side business. So I remember her sitting at the kitchen table painting ducks and stuff that and making crafts to go sell and so yeah I just grew up that way I always felt like I was kind of the least talented in the family because everybody else had amazing abilities and uh, I I kind of learned the hard way just self-taught and um, we so we traveled all over I've lived in all kinds of states I lived in Central America in the 90s um, so that kind of played into just being eclectic. I think I don't have a style, so I just kind of jump around. Are you an only child or? No, nope, I'm one of three. I'm the oldest of three kids. That's a lot of family to be traveling around together for 11 years. Uh, yeah, no, it was, <laughs> I, my parents have lived the longest this the last 20 years in one spot. So yeah, my dad's, if my dad could move again, he would, he's just adventurous and um, he was um, a carpenter in the union and he always, we always went wherever the jobs were too, so. So you're traveling, you're, you're cultivating your art skills, um, mm -hmm. no formal training, is that right? Yeah, no training. Um, when I was about 19, 20 years old, just on a fluke, I applied for an art school and got accepted, but then my life was so crazy, I never went. So I just uh, learned on my own. I would get books from the library, read things, try things. Uh, YouTube was a great help. 
you can learn anything off of YouTube. What's your favorite memory of learning something off of YouTube? Uh, my favorite person to learn from on YouTube, I think, is Mark Carter. And uh, he is an oil painter and realism, but he just puts everything out there for free. There's no question of, there's no nothing hidden. You know what I mean? It's all open and he just gets right into to that without any BS. <laughs> he's, he's teaching for free. Uh, yeah. In a way, he, yeah. He does workshops uh, in Austin and each one of his workshops costs like $3,000 a piece. But you can, all his videos are free. So I, I, I would, I would say that's probably, you can go from not knowing how to draw anything to learning to draw, to painting, to all of that. And do you still like take workshops or use uh, YouTube as like a tool? Not so much anymore, um, but I haven't really done that in a, since getting into crypto art actually, because in the early days, I had never done digital. Digital was something like I didn't even like because in my mind it was paint on the PC, you know, and I hated that thing. <laughs> so I had finally gotten an iPad and downloaded Procreate, got a pencil, and I, I really loved that. So I did want to learn how to use it. And I really learned by talking to other artists in this space and what they were doing and what they were using and just the how-tos and bouncing those ideas around with other people. Yeah, I just talked with Darren from um, Graffiti Kings and he was talking about how um, collaborating is one of the best ways to sort of like yeah. 10X your skills as opposed to, um, you know, doing it independently and quietly and, and living that, that uh, soul artist life. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that 100%. I think uh, just that collaboration and other people, it's not only their excitement, you know, is contagious. You're going through, hey, what if we did this? What if we did this? And how would this look? And you're getting that feedback and then you're learning new skills. And that's one of my favorite things to do. So when people hit me up for collabs, I don't even like look who they are. I'm like, yep. I'm there. Okay, what are we doing? The thing that I loved about trash art was the the willingness to collaborate. I I feel like it was this big artist get together. You know, um, when I was first starting on Telegram, I was in the Rarible Telegram, but I wasn't. I wanted to know. Um, like when you go to a workshop or a studio, you have artists that are just like, hey, try this technique. Hey, this is what I'm doing, you know, but that wasn't available. So I wanted to do that with other people and started. That's how that first um, first thread got started. It wasn't even called Trash Art. I forget what it was called. But the reason behind it was just to be like, post what you're doing, what you're using. Um, can I ask questions? I don't know Blender, you know. And it was that get together and everybody's so open and genuine and, you know, there's no agenda. There was no agenda. Everybody got on there and we were all just sharing and we became friends. 
from that, it came into friendship and knowing people, sharing photos, sharing music, sharing um, videos of, you know, I think um, Karen Ocular Delusion was singing and, you know, it was just fun. It was so much fun and laughing together and just um, the camaraderie and, and forming those friendships with everyone is how that started. Then, you know, all the drama, crypto art's never without drama. <laughs> it's always got something going on and it moves like the speed of light. So one day's one day in crypto art, <laughs> I'm always like, it's just like years. It's, there's an era that happens and then it passes. There's so much drama. Which drama are you talking about? Uh, I, well, the early drama. Okay, so, um, you know, Rob, Rob and Max getting booted from Super Rare. Okay, first I have to preface all this. <laughs> I'm in a good place with everyone in this space now, and I want to keep it that way. Like, I don't have any animosity anymore with anyone. But it's funny because, you know, trash art was not glamorous, and it was not um, without pain and growing pains at the time. So there was whale drama, there was Jimmy drama, there was drama left and right and people getting into it. And as soon as someone or it felt like someone was saying, no, you can't, we kind of were like, watch me, watch me, I'm gonna do this. Yes, I can. And we're not bringing those old art ways into this new space. We're gonna create it ourselves. That's what drew me to trash art, the scene, really the people. I didn't understand why there was a side to this. Mm -hmm. You know, we were, I thought we were all about decentralization and, and democratizing, right? And then it turns out that we're not, it turns out that there are people, this is business or this is, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's an investment and they're protecting that investment. Yes. Um, I, th I could see both sides of it. In fact, I, I play in both sides of it, but I tend to lean more towards the democratization of art. You grow in this space and you learn. And um, you, for me, I can see both sides are needed now. At the time, I just felt like we were all this band of rebel misfits thrown into a group together because they were telling us, you know, you're not good enough. Well, no, yes, we are. And we've we were artists before we came into crypto art and you're not going to tell me I can't do this. <laughs> I get a little fired up about it. No, that's perfectly fine. That's what I, that's what I hope for when I have these conversations. Yeah. I, I need some, I want some attitude and some fire, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I love about you in particular is you have a very infectious uh, energy. <laughs> and so what's that? I said, because I'm a nut. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's so genuine. And I think uh, you are one of the first people to do sort of like a, a this is me video. Right? Yeah. And, and put yourself out there. And so tell me about what that experience was like. And what was the impetus for that? Um, I wanted to, I wanted to know real people and like get away from this uh, being anonymous stuff. I, you know, I don't know. I think that's just the artist wanting to connect with other artists. And so I don't 
like being on film. <laughs> so when I did that, it was really hard. It was so hard. I didn't know what to talk about. I didn't know what to say. I was nervous. And when I get nervous, like even now, I just ramble and I just start blurting out stuff. <laughs> and so that's what happened. And then I don't do well with editing. Who has time for that? So I'm just like, this is how it is. This is the real deal. Here you go. <laughs> Bloopers and all. I thought it was great. I mean, it totally inspired me to do the same thing. I, I vibed with the idea of connecting and, and wanting to find real people to connect with. Um, you know, and you were one of those people that uh, you already had a good vibe about you, but now it was like you were a real person. Mm -hmm. And I was totally, totally on board with that. And so I just did it too. I was like, let yeah. me do it. And yeah, you know, I just like want to say thanks for that. Oh, thank you. It feels like you become friends with people, but you just want to have that more of a connection, you know, and we're all in quarantine and missing that stuff. And so I think that you, you feel closer to other people. The quarantine, I think, has been really beneficial to the NFT art space and artists mm -hmm. because we're sort of, you know, relegated to spending a lot of our time connecting with people digitally. Um, yeah. But at the same time, there is that human connection. So I can't wait for, you know, when when we're when we have like an, a live event to go to. I feel the same way. And um, being a mom and homeschooling and not being able doing shows and taking my art to art fairs and things like that, it's a lot of work. So crypto, that's one crypto art drew me to the space because it's something I could do at home and still make money at without all that other hassle. And I could have more time to be it be with the kids and but still be able to focus on art and kind of find that balance and did you you took a little break about two months uh ago and you know were you able to find that balance or did you find like yeah. some, you know what was going yeah. on there i um when the school year starts with the kids i've got to like kind of buckle down and get good schedule and routine going and so my focus just gets on other things and social media takes a lot of time and I also sometimes just want to drown out the noise like take a break from it get off my phone get outside I'm very much an outdoor person I love to go camping and hiking and in the summertime I'm with the kids at the pool and you know we just we're always doing stuff so I have to take those breaks I in the beginning um, I got off of social media because of stress with working the drama and family life. And I just was like, I'm done. I'm out of here. And that wasn't healthy either. Cause I deleted all the accounts and Mo, Mo has a way of finding me <laughs> and reaching out and she's relentless. So she kind of helps me come back to the space. She's like, we miss you. Come back. And so I came back and um, you have renewed zeal and love and just feel like you've got to keep creating. So now I don't delete everything. I just take a little break and then I'll come back. I think that's the, uh, that's a really smart way to take care of your mental health. 
Because this can this space can get really I I take breaks all the time, but this space can get really uh overwhelming. When we look I look at that was a hash the hash marks or something. Yeah, the hash masks. Hash masks, yes. So I look at that and it's nobody knows who the artists are, and now these pieces are selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's frustrating because we've been in this space, you know, two years for me maybe four yeah. or five years for Rob, you know, it's very young, but five years might as well be a hundred years. But then these people come in yeah. and, you know, we're struggling, some of us to yep. make a name for ourselves and they come in and, and, and blow the doors off. And I'm wondering what your, what your thoughts on that are. Uh, my thoughts on that, it's kind of sickening. <laughs> I think it's kind of sickening. I think some people are fast tracked and know, how to work this space and how to work people and know people that can get them into things that other other artists are and have been struggling forever at and it feels like you're just swimming in this deep ocean trying to keep your head above the waves in the water i think one of the things that trash art did for me was like one it validated that okay I'm doing something right here and there's a group of us and we were yeah. kind of all working together it's it's a year later now and trash art has changed you know the movement has changed and i'm wondering where do you feel like you fit in in the space right now um i feel like the doors are open and i one thing that i'm excited about is there are a lot of new artists coming in. It's like a flood. We always knew it would happen. We always knew this is going to um, just explode. Were we all ready for it when it happened? I don't know. There's a time period. There's a time period where it changed, and it felt like I don't know if I really knew it, it was changing so fast. But like when the tokens happened with Rarible and everything, that it just that's like a pivotal moment that changed. There's a, there's a pre social token and then there's after social tokens. And I'm excited to know a ton of new artists and that feels fresh. That's refreshing. Um, but I don't want to get lost in the sea at the same time. Um, so just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Just getting in, form new friendships and new um new bonds with people and knowing more people not losing the old ones but it's fresh now it's exciting speaking of exciting you are participating in uh a collective the block bake so am i actually but i sort of jumped on board primarily because of you already so i was like oh hell yeah if yuna's doing it i'm in it <laughs> uh, but things <laughs> they were like I didn't even know them and I was on a tangent about NBA top shots and they were like I think they felt sorry for me so like hey you can come join us if you want <laughs> like okay who are you what are you doing let's go so I went over there and I didn't even know I I went to their discord it was like the next day and I still was lost. I didn't even know what was going on. And I'm like, what am I supposed to create here? And they just gave me a theme. So I started doing that. I had no clue who they were or what was going on. 
And then I'm like, you, you guys are new. You need to know more people in this space. And so I just started like, as Jimmy Eath said, flexing those contacts. <laughs> I just started reaching out to everybody. I'm like, hey, here's some new ones in the space. And this is really cool. So have a look. It worked out really well for me. Uh, you know, you made an immediate connection with the graffiti king, Darren, and got him on my show. And I, I'm just like, out of nowhere. <laughs> stuff happens i don't i don't know how this stuff happens to me i i think because i just i don't know people's backgrounds i didn't know they were these great massive thing over in the uk you know and i just like i treat everybody just like their next door neighbor i told them i'm like i didn't know you were famous i'm like here's your cookies welcome to the neighborhood Uh, yeah, that's how I stumble into stuff. And I, I give whale shark such a hard time. I, I'm good with him. Um, but I ask him the most ridiculous stuff. And I kind of am relentless. Like, I watched a show on um, a Korean show where these people went on vacation and they're opening up a watermelon scooping it out, pouring Sprite in and ice and then putting it all back in. I'm like, do you really eat your watermelon like this? <laughs> and he does. I was shocked. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, nobody needs to mess up a watermelon. So you've got you've got a relationship with Whale Shark, uh, Jimmy, it seems, you know, you have these uh well, is it because Whale Shark is well, I I don't know that he's Korean, but you know, you seem to have an affinity for Korean aesthetic. So is, is that it? Um, I, I do love, I, if I could travel anywhere right now and go visit someplace, I would go to South Korea. I would just love to go over there and just see everything over there. Um, well, Shark, I didn't really know. I knew he lived in Asia. I don't know if he's Asian or not, but, um, he's over there so it's like boots on the ground you know it's the eyes and ears and when i have a question i know there's somebody that can tell me that answer definitively so that's what that's what it is and and with well shark and jim uh, i went to them because i was so kind of letting the drama affect me personally i was feeling really upset about all the stuff that was happening and i didn't like feeling that I didn't like not knowing these people and still having attitude about them. I felt wrong. You know, other people have their own personal dramas and I don't want to take that on anymore. And so I went to them privately and talked to them. And I, you know, even Well Shark, I was like, I didn't agree with this. And this is why. And then it, he was nice. You know, he was um, talked to me and we had a dialogue and a conversation and we got to a place where we're we respect each other mutual respect we can say what we want to say we disagree agree but there's not animosity you know what I mean and I think that's I I'm kind of proactive on especially if I feel like I've wronged someone or I just don't feel right about a situation I will go to them I want to talk to them personally without gossip and um with a view to making peaceful relationships uh there were moments where i 
participated in the dogpiling. Yeah. And, you know, that that kind of behavior on Twitter uh, happens quite easily. Maybe you don't even realize you're being part of the dogpiling, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've grown a little bit. What you seem to do before anybody else is recognize you were taking on other people's BS. They're mess. And, yeah, you take yeah. it on the, exactly, exactly. And, you know, you recognize that about yourself. I, I'm trying to transition away from that. Um, you know, I've made some enemies in the space. Uh, you know, I don't know that they're recoverable and that's okay with me, but, you know, it's a lesson learned for sure. Yeah. I recently, um, with, had no intentions of offending someone and accidentally did so. And then I tried to like explain my tweet and apologize and like, no, that's not what I meant at all. But the damage is done, and I don't think that's ever recoverable. And I, I kind of, you know, with Woco, the women of crypto art, um, I, I love that I can go to them and be like, you know, I really think I hurt this person's feelings, and and say, you know, how do you, how would you approach this, or what would you do? And and you know, it kind of puts it in perspective for me because they're like, no you can read things into Twitter that aren't even there. And that's what happened in the situation. And you really didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, okay, well, you're right. That just was an accident that happened. So I don't know, Woka, I, I love that group too. Um, in the beginning, there was, when I took that, this last break, I had been so busy with Woka, like um, Mo and I were on the video department team. And um, we were doing a video grant and that was like drama filled, not really, it wasn't drama filled. It was just stressful getting that done. And by the deadline, we had a deadline to meet and trying to coordinate all these clips together and record things and put it together was, I needed a break after that. And I uh, woke up. Woka went so fast. There was so many women coming into this this group, and I it was great because I didn't know a lot of other women in it. I knew they were out there, but I didn't know how to connect with them. And so when the group formed, it was like, oh, here we all are. So that was pretty fun. What's Woka doing now um, in the space? Are they? I know they held a show a while ago, but what sort of events are coming up? Uh, Stella Bell always has exhibitions coming up. Um, Angie, you know, everybody's so busy with their own stuff. Um, but there are collabs happening. I, I'm not in, there's a tarot, tarot, how do you say that? Tarot card collab? They're, they, they're doing this collab. They're almost finished with it. And it's been in the works since like day one. I opted out of that because I was already busy and I don't, I don't do tarot card stuff. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they're, I think they're going to, I'm not sure where they're minting that. I think they wanted to apply to like the nifty gateway. Is that? Yeah. So they're pretty busy with that. Um, Kitty Bast has a collab that has not been finished where we were all going to collab on a piece of her work and kind of tattoo it. And um, we haven't, I don't even know if we've all started on that yet, but it, it's there. We just got to get to it. Some of the stuff is is there. We just got to find time for it. 
I want to learn a little bit more about your K-drama uh, interests. Where's, where's that come from? I don't know. <laughs> My husband thinks I'm crazy. He's all worried that if he dies, I'm going to marry some Asian man. <laughs> we, um, yeah, he walks into the room and sees I've got something on and it's subtitled and he just rolls his eyes, laughs and walks out. But yeah, I don't know. I like them. I think because they're kind of wholesome. They're, they're a little different. Like the biggest thing to happen in a K-drama at the end of the last episode is like episode 50 and they finally kiss, you know? So it's very, if the kids are walking in, there's nothing to be afraid of. My daughter loves princess shows and K-drama is filled with princess shows. So we can sit and watch them together and I don't have to worry about anything in it. It's very wholesome, most of them. So I've noticed that you've been sharing more about your uh, your life on Twitter, and you <laughs> recently just shared a build of what looks like a very large um, a garage space. Yeah. This, yeah. Tell me yeah. about that. Um, so my husband's a contractor, and he also wants to do woodworking, and you know, wants to, a space where if he's got to build something for someone or do a remodel or he can bring some of it home and have an closed indoor environment that he can just work and do that stuff. Um, so it's his garage. I think every man should have a workshop or a shop somewhere they can go piddle around in and, <laughs> and do stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm a firm believer in that. So Do you have your own workshop? <laughs> no, I told him I need a she shed and we don't have the land for it. So he's like, well, we got to sell this property and buy some land. <laughs> so yeah, he, we just don't have the space for it. I might take over his workshop though. <laughs> I think, I think a little corner of it can be, yeah. or half of it can be uh, made into a sheep, a she shed. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice though because um he can pull because he also does all the mechanic stuff and um he he put a big steel beam in so he can pull an engine if he needs to and um just all of that i he, the shop really is not big enough for what he wants to do it's just a two a two-door garage shop but he would he would he would have a bigger shop than house if he could. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I can kind of align with that. Not that I would have a shop, but what I would have is a giant library just yeah. filled with books. I don't care if, if I have just one bedroom to sleep in, I would just have a giant library. <laughs> the connoisseur's corner. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You're back in crypto art and you're you're creating new work again what are you inspired by uh other people inspire me their work inspires me um my kids inspire me they'll be doing something and i'm like oh i should create an artwork about this you know and uh the recent one i did last night was that bubblegum one and i did it for my daughter you know it's all girly and pink and stuff so just when I get on 
a kick like with even like the motorcycles um those were our personal photos and I just loved them so I just needed to mint them and do something cool with them and then I'll just do a 180 and go in an opposite direction I'm I never I can't be tied down I've done commission work I hate commission work because it's stressful and the person you're doing it for always has an input they always want to have a say so you don't feel like free I don't feel free to just create and be myself in it you know and like it's just I can't stand that I want to be able to do whatever I want and it reflects in the work it always reflects in the work if you're a happy artist and you feel um so enthusiastic about it it's going to show in your work and it's going to be a better piece do you do art with your kids as part of you know like separate from school yeah. but sort of like you know doing their yeah own thing? they're always doing something and they get into my stuff and I hate colored pencils so I just gave them all to them I'm like here you go <laughs> I can't stand that medium oh I, I literally have one single colored pencil I, I wanted to I was like, I can do this. I can do this. I'll get on YouTube and watch somebody teach me how to make this stupid medium work. But I have one piece and I was like, done. No, I hate it. What's your favorite medium to work with? My favorite medium to work with has become oils. I really love the open time with them. I started out with acrylics with golden and liquitex and doing a lot of acrylic works, but I don't like that it's, it dries so fast and it dries darker. So over time it, it darkens up and it loses that vibrancy. And I really, you know, I go for those because they're so colorful and I hate that when the, you know, after a year or so the works all like darkened up and it's just like, not the same as when you did it. So for me, oils, I really, love I I'm so lazy sometimes I don't want to wash my brushes so they dry out and oils will you know let me have stuff wet and on the palette longer and the brushes longer and I don't have to do a whole bunch of cleanup right away uh, I I have this stuff called brush dip which is basically clove oil and it smells so good it's like it's just clove oil so the house smells good and I can just dip the brush in that dirty brush leave it there and come back you know a week, two weeks later, and it's still ready to go. And I didn't have to do anything or think about it. That works very well with my schedule. Do you work wet the entire time? Um, a lot of my work now is wet the whole time. I started out doing, when I wanted to learn oils, I started out doing that, the acrylic first. I'm even airbrushing. I have airbrushes and I'll airbrush something in acrylic and then doing the oil over that. But then I just transitioned straight into oils and um, a la prima and just wet on wet and go in. I also like brazai work, the, the, you know, where you just dry brushing technique. And so I got, we talked a little bit about the rareable, the 1.5 million seed funding that they got. And I'm curious um, what your thoughts are about that. Um, go rareable. I wish I had a 1.5 million seed fund. <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing that the attitude about rareable back in the day was, you know, if you're on rareable, it should never have been about where you meant every, it should never have been about the platforms. 
you know, judging people by the platform you meant on ever. That shouldn't have played into it, but it did. And if you were on Rarible, you were considered trash artists because, you know, you're kind of just the gutter rats of everything. And now it was funny to all of us. It was really funny when the big names started coming to Rarible. And that was just like irony at its best. Like, oh my goodness, now you're minting here too? Wow. <laughs> you know, so to see it transition and become something that can stand on its own two feet in the space and have a go with the big boys, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like to uh, pat ourselves on the back quite a bit about Rarible, even though um, even though they don't sort of acknowledge that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, uh, we all we know did, the truth. <laughs> we do. We did a lot of we did we did a lot to bring awareness to the platform, to legitimize it, to bring art to it when they had a lot of scammy shit going on. Mm -hmm. uh, before we got there. Even during all the wash trading stuff, I mean, we still stood by them and that was crap stuff happening. That wasn't cool. And the wash traders getting the tokens and everything, that kind of felt really wrong because the legitimate people in the space were not. So, okay, one last question for you. If you're an artist- okay in the space and you're new uh, and you want to build an audience, what do you recommend that they do? Um, I think you have to be active. Uh, Twitter is really the main way to get your art seen by a lot of people all over and connect with everyone that's in crypto art. So. Twitter is kind of like an absolute must at the moment. There's other things starting to come and happen, but that's a big, big thing. Don't, don't not post there. If you want it seen and you want to know, be known, you've got to be active on Twitter. Yeah, it's definitely the town hall of crypto art. Yeah. Well, Crypto Yuna, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I, re I really loved uh, talking with you and getting to know you a little bit better. Yeah, it's been good. Thank you. Enjoyed yeah, thank it. Thank you.